0: Well, happy birthday, Trinity Church. Thank you. I don't know whether I should sing it to you or not, really. I probably won't do that, no. But uh, it's exciting to be with you this morning. It's so wonderful to see what God's been doing over the last year and to see you all gathered together in this uh, new, new place for three weeks. Is it, yeah, yeah, Which is really good. And I just feel that t- this morning, I want this to be a celebration of what God has done, but much more a celebration of what God's going to do. You know, sometimes as Christians, we celebrate, everything that God's done and we forget there's a lot more in front of us than there is behind us in God's purposes for our for our lives so I want to remind you this morning the title of my message this morning is quite simply how much more there is so much more and i'm here to tell you there's so much more for me there is so much more for every one of you as individuals in christ jesus and listen to this there is so much more for trinity church one year old just think of one year in human terms you've got still got that little baby that's vulnerable that needs to be carried around everywhere and just think of the years ahead if you know someone who's one year old just think of what's going to come for them well that's what ahead of you as a church isn't that amazing who knows where you'll be in 25 years time how many how big the hall will be how many more congregations will have been established around the whole of central London it's absolutely amazing and of course also we have these prophetic promises I mean, it's a pity we couldn't see that video about fusion because you know it's fusion did you see at the end of the fusion title new era We believe god's taking our whole movement into an incredible new era of his purposes for us and i think 2020 is going to be absolutely amazing in the things that god reveals to us i'm preaching this morning from romans 5 so if you have your phone (laughs) ipad or bible anybody got a big Paper Bible. That's good to see. Yeah, that's great. I was a bit worried about the size of Daniel's Bible, really. (laughs) Yeah, as I thought, I couldn't even look at the words. Uh, Incredible. So, we're going to go to Romans 5 and we're going to explore together in that passage all the wonderful, marvelous aspects of the life that God has in the future for us. Before we go there, let's remind ourselves of the first four chapters of Romans. In the first four chapters of Romans, Paul teaches us some absolutely incredible things about the christian faith he tells us for instance that god would have been totally right and in his rights to condemn every one of us in this room for our sins but he chose not to do that instead he chose to condemn his son jesus in our place so that we could be the technical word is justified put right with god and given total righteousness of christ as a free gift and declared innocent in the sight of a holy god i think that's a wonderful thing to celebrate isn't that wonderful yes. do you get excited in this room is this one of those churches where as you're preaching you get hallelujahs interruptions as people just fall on the floor and say thank you lord yeah, yeah? Amen. amen come on yeah. come on daniel with a any come on Trevor's this morning i'm i'm really hoping for that but then you come to romans chapter five and then paul goes even further and builds upon the truths that he's established in those first four chapters and tells us some even more astonishing things about what God has planned for us not just what he's done in the past he says now begin to look forward to the consequences of what God has done in your life and the life of the church and Paul tells us in chapter 5 and the subsequent chapters that justification by faith is just the beginning of an absolutely incredible journey into glory upon glory upon glory and Paul says how much more there is so much more for you in fact that phrase so much more just keeps coming up in the passage that we're going to read through this morning so look out for that phrase so much more have you got Romans chapter Mm 5 yes Ready? Are you full of anticipation? Because we're going to read the Word of God. As with Steve Oliver in this week, talking about his trip to America. He went to one of these great multi-churches, 7,000 people, and they came to the reading of the Word of God, and the whole room stood to hear the Word of God. And sometimes we just flip to it in our iPads, in our telephones, and we just take it so casually. We are about to read God's living Word to us this morning, a Word that can change your life if you will open yourself to it. Isn't that wonderful? So Romans chapter 5. paper version. (laughs) Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. Who wants to improve their character? Perseverance produces character and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. The God... Demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? And not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Listen up, folks, Paul is saying. Don't think that Jesus died on the cross just to give you a spiritual wash and brush up. That Jesus died on the cross just to give you a second chance that you would get it right next time. To send you out into a dirty world, having been cleansed by his blood, to try and keep yourself clean in future. Don't think that this is just something that he did and now you're on your own to embrace the future. I've been justified, I've been forgiven... I mean, put my faith in Jesus, but what happens next? You need to know that God has taken care of the future as much as he's taken care of the past. Because when Jesus died on that cross, there was a much bigger intention in place. To be worked out in your life than you've ever dared to imagine when Jesus died for you he had plans for you that go beyond your comprehension at this moment in time you see Paul finishes chapter 4 with these words Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification And then he starts, chapter 5, with one word. What's that word, AJ? You got the Bible there? Therefore. Therefore. In other words, there are consequences to this that you need to know about. Therefore, or now, now that you know that truth, now that you know what's been achieved through the cross, through the blood of Christ, through your salvation, now I want you, Trinity Church, to consider the implications. Are you ready to consider the implications this morning, Richard? Good. Because we're going to do just that. And then there's this whole stream of consequences. There's this wonderful flow of incredible things that he's anticipating will be fulfilled in the life of every Christian. Verse 1 he says, Remember this now. We have peace with God that's good come on church Hey, we have peace with verse 2 we have access to God verse 3 we have been given a hope of the glory to come verse 4 we can now face any suffering any circumstances with total assurance and confidence Whoa. you weren't so loud on that one but no, there you go Verse 8, we are now fully aware of just how much God loves us. In fact, it says in verse 5, God has poured his love into our hearts. Isn't that an amazing phrase? As we've been worshipping this morning, as you have your quiet times, there's God pouring his love into you. So day after day, this incredible experience that God is not just, he doesn't just, oh, God loves me this I know but God pours a knowledge and awareness he pours that love into our hearts that's an incredible consequence of what it means to be justified by faith alone and then in verse 9 he says we can be sure that we will never lose this salvation he will our Heavenly Father will never ever let go of us isn't that amazing? So here's the plan this morning, church. You see what we're gonna do? We're gonna build our faith up. We are gonna celebrate what God has done and we're gonna celebrate what God's gonna do. Did you notice in that reading how many times a particular word came up? The word is rejoice. Verse two, rejoice. Verse three, rejoice. Verse 11, Rejoice. Are you ready to rejoice, Trinity Church? Because yeah. if you're not ready to rejoice, I'm going home. You can just get on with it. This is a message that demands a response. And the response it demands is let's rejoice. Okay, are you ready? I'm going to give you five reasons to rejoice. And if you're not rejoicing by the end of this, that something's gone terribly wrong. Number one reason to rejoice number one are you ready to rejoice we have peace with God see, and what we're talking about here, sometimes you can read that and think, Ah, peace with God. We're not talking about you know, just subjective peaceful feelings, like as in, I'll stream some Bethel music and I'll have some wonderful peace with God. Or I'll play some Hills song and I'll just sit back and that's... We're not talking about peaceful feelings from God. We're talking about the fact that through the cross the war is over. Peace has come to us. But the rest of the world around us who haven't yet met Jesus, they're still involved in a war between heaven and earth. Colossians 1 verse 21 tells us, Once, this is before you were saved, once we were alienated from God. And we're enemies in our minds because of our evil behaviour. That's a pretty bad situation, don't you think? But now, says Paul, therefore, through our justification, all that has changed. Our enemy is now our friend. Our judge has become our father. Peace has come. Jesus has reconciled us to a holy mighty God we have peace Thank you, Lord. Thank you, we truly have peace you will never again have to wonder about God's anger or his displeasure or his disappointment in you it will never come up you have peace with God isn't that wonderful just like Abraham you are now known in the spiritual realms as a friend of God, isn't that great? Yeah. Who is Mike? Oh, he's a friend of God. Wow. Okay. Reason to rejoice number two. Was that good? Do you feel a bit? You feel a little bit more cheerful now, right? Okay. Number two. Reason to rejoice number two. We have total access to God, anytime, anywhere. The state of affairs, our justification by faith alone, means that the doors of heaven have been thrown (laughs) wide open and we can walk in and talk to Almighty God as our Father about anything, at any time, in any response to any circumstances. Hey, Dad, I just need to talk to you today. You just walk in and you just bring up all the issues that are crowding in upon you, or all the things you want to sort out, or the little gripes that you've got with Daniel. You just take them all to God. <laughs> anytime, anywhere. Quite big ones, oh, there's some big ones, it doesn't matter, they can go and chat to him about it, yeah. See so many Christians when things come up, what's the first thing they do? They pick up the phone, they ring somebody else, but anyway, the door to heaven's open, you just walk in and you just, and share the good things too. Hey, Lord, I'm just seeing this amazing film. It's absolutely brilliant. Isn't Brad Pitt a good good actor, Lord? You (laughs) you can talk to him. You've got access. He's not just there for emergencies. He's not break glass and talk to God. The doors are open. You see, where once the way to God was blocked by sin so that we couldn't get anywhere near him or if we had come into his presence, boy, we would have been in trouble. Now we have access to God whenever we want my dad I grew up in the 50s and 60s getting on a bit now as you heard I've been married 46 years that's a long time we were discussing this last night but in those days my dad was what you called an insurance agent And it was very different from today where you just clicked on, you know, and you just took out an insurance policy for this, that, and the other. You had an insurance agent, and my dad was that person, who knocked on your door every Saturday and collected the premium for that week because you couldn't afford to pay anything a year in advance in the 1950s and 60s. And then he collected all this money, and on Saturday evening, about 4 o'clock, my dad would come home and he would get out this huge great ledger with every one of his clients' names in it, and he would enter up the little premium, threepence or fivepence or a shilling that he collected from them that day. There was a big problem with this though, we only had one room in our house for eating and lounge, and my dad took up that room with his book. So all through Saturday my mum would keep reminding us, dad will come home at four o'clock, Trevor and Gina, and these things will happen, you have to remember, he will have his bath, because in those days you had a bath once a week, whether you needed it or not, there was a bath once a week. And then Dad would sit down after he'd had his bath. But first of all, you, you knew you couldn't touch the hot water from 11 a.m. onwards. That was it, <laughs> just in case. And then Dad would sit down and he would fill out his ledger. And my mum said, and do not disturb him until he's finished. Now there was a problem with this on a Saturday afternoon round about five o'clock. It was this, it meant that the TV was in that room. It meant I could not watch Jukebox Jury and then I could not watch Doctor Who that came after it, so I would go to school on Monday, did you see Doctor Who? Um, no, my dad was doing his books, so that was the, that was the keynote of Saturday afternoon in my house, my mum would say do not disturb him and there are many Christians, for some reason, they think God is a bit like that. He's very busy with India. He's very busy with Australia. He's busy working out the future. You, you can't just disturb him with the little things that are upon your heart. And Paul says, we have access to God. The doors are flown open. You see, if you wanted to speak to the leaders of Trinity, it's very simple. You all know where Daniel lives, don't you? If you have a problem, you go round to his house, you knock on the door, it may be three in the morning, but he will come down and he will say, Come in, sit down, I have a cup of tea. What is what is your problem? It's, it's simple, isn't it? But if you wanted to see the Prime Minister, well good you have to find him first, I guess, but if you wanted to see the Queen, for instance, you can't just roll up to Buckingham Palace and say, Is Liz in? I've come for a chat. There are problems involved in that. There are not least of all which are armed guards at the gates who are gonna shoot you if you try to get in and see the Queen. And that is the problem. They don't realize it that most people have with Almighty God. There is a blockage in the way. There is no access to God except through Jesus Christ. We've already celebrated that this morning. God is utterly holy and we are not. So for most people, there's this huge barrier in the way. But we are celebrating this morning that Jesus Christ has removed the barrier completely, and we can go in any time. On the cross, He destroyed the barrier of sin that stood between us and God. I mean, I I love the Alpha course. Did you do Alpha here? Have you done any yet? Four weeks time. Four weeks time. Fantastic. I love Nicky Gamble's illustration. He takes Isaiah 53, verse 6, and he says, Here is God, and here is me, and there's a problem. The way is blocked by sin. We all like sheep have gone astray, Isaiah 53, verse 6, each to his own way. But then he says, but in the person of Jesus Christ, God himself came down into this world. We all like sheep have gone astray, everyone to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. i love that illustration where's the barrier now there is no barrier it has totally gone but we must never forget there is no peace with god there is no access There is no salvation for anyone until they put their trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that's part of our role as the church. We have to help people understand there is a problem that has to be dealt with. Your sin has to be dealt with. Our message is not God loves you. It's that God loves you and has provided a way for you to know him. But unless you receive that access, unless you receive that way, you will not have access to God. God's love for you is never expressed by the fact that he simply overlooks your sin, tolerates your sin. It's expressed by the fact that his son died in your place on the cross. As it says in verse 8 of Romans chapter 5, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But if you receive, if you refuse to receive that gift, there is no peace with God. There is no access to God. There is no salvation. There is no justification. There is no eternal life. But for everyone who does receive the gift of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, Paul says, we have access by faith into this wonderful grace in which we now stand You see in Christ we are at peace with and in the presence of a holy all-powerful God who loves us without reservation and is totally dedicated to our welfare. Do you know that? God is in a good mood all the time as far as you are concerned. He is totally dedicated to your welfare that makes me happy that makes me want to praise God and Paul is emphatic you're in this place by grace alone you don't have to strive to get there you don't have to strive to stay there it's by grace every single step of the way Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 you know these off by heart I'm sure by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it's the gift of God not by work, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship." Why are you a Christian? God did it. You see, getting saved is not like one of those running machines. I haven't got one personally, but you get onto these machines, you press a button and you start running and running and running, and you know what? You don't get anywhere. Do I've always wondered about this. Some people drive to the gym and then go running on the spot. <laughs> Why not walk to the gym and get fit, and then go home and have a coffee? I never. That. We are at rest. We are at peace with an eternal God who loves us. In fact, the Bible says you are so at rest it can be described as you are seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That is a reason to rejoice. Now, this does not mean, these wonderful circumstances of peace and access do not mean that you will never have any problems in life. The Apostle Paul would have laughed at the idea of not having any problems in life. If you don't believe that, read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, because Paul had problems that you haven't even dreamed of, that you don't even want to go near. Neither does it mean that we can just sit back and say, well, I'm a Christian now, I just uh, chill, go with the flow. But it does mean this, reason to rejoice number three, we can rejoice in our sufferings. Oh, no, I lose on that one then okay <laughs> We can rejoice in our sufferings precisely because we do have complete access to God anytime anywhere, and because we are so aware of the depth of His love for us so that now we can see every trial, every problem, every issue as an opportunity to deepen our relationship with Him.. Mm. See, in fact, we can rejoice in every circumstance because of the amazing security we've been given through the cross and because of our new relationship with God through Jesus so that nothing should ever phase us again because our immediate response is to talk to God about it and hear his version of events. Now, I know that we're in Knightsbridge, so obviously you're a pretty exclusive crew aren't you really and there can't possibly be any problems in the life of a group of people who meet weekly in Knightsbridge and Westminster so I know none of you have got any problems but somehow the Apostle Paul assumes that the people he's writing to in Rome knew what he was talking about when he was talking about suffering And the word he uses for sufferings in the Greek doesn't mean little everyday trials like, Oh no, I've burnt the toast, or I've missed the train, or I've got a cold coming, what am I going to do? He meant serious suffering, persecution, and death, and trials like that, and prison. Rachel and I were up in Harrogate recently. Our son John leads Hope Church in Harrogate, and they've seen some Syrian refugees join the church And he introduced us to a couple there who had joined his church And they had, were refugees from Syria Because they had become Christians they had become Christians because they were praying to Allah one day with their family and Jesus Christ appeared to them In their living room and they received him and they left the mosque and persecution broke out and this couple the lady's sister had been killed because of her newfound faith and they had fled the country and they had arrived in Harrogate of all places where some refugees are sent and now they'd had a little baby and there was a dedication service for that child but that is the kind of suffering where Paul says we can rejoice in our sufferings and they were Rejoicing because they now had a relationship with God through Jesus. It was wonderful to see their faces See Paul knew that The hope that we have in Jesus will carry us through Every situation and give us an incentive to actually embrace these things that happen in our lives as an opportunity to strengthen our faith You see for people who are living under grace suffering persecution and opposition produce exactly the opposite effect that anyone would expect it produces says Paul this thing called perseverance people in Christ people truly in Christ just keep on standing and growing and flourishing no matter what happens you see the devil keeps throwing rubbish at us But we keep pressing into Jesus. We keep turning back to God. We keep using our access to talk these things through. And every time we do that, we get stronger every step of the way. And that is why it's a witness to the world around us. Because people around us are baffled by the way that Christians respond to suffering. You know, you get these pictures, these stories in the paper from time to time. Something's happening in a family, and the perpetrator's been forgiven by a couple who may have murdered their child or something like that. And the world is bewildered because they know nothing of what it means to be in Christ how many of you go to the gym regularly Mm. (laughs) my kind of church (laughs) but I understand that there is this thing called resistance training yes resistance training (laughs) you taught it did you yeah. Well, as I understand it, resistance training means there's something that you resist. When you push, it's hard to do it. Is the resistance, and the more you push, it's, it's the resistance that makes your muscles grow. Is that right? Let's have a look. <laughs> yes, it works. <laughs> resistance is what God uses to strengthen us spiritually. These issues that you would rather do without. Did you know they're making you stronger and stronger and stronger? Nikki Gumbel says, There's a great deal of emphasis in the New Testament on spiritual growth. You are not meant to stand still. Be static in your faith. Your faith should, and your love, should grow. God wants to increase the muscles of your faith. So is your faith getting stronger? Is your love increasing? Do you react differently to circumstances than you did two or three years ago? So often it is our struggles, rather than our successes, that make us stronger. Thank you. You know, I I probably shouldn't say this, uh, sometimes I feel sorry for the devil. (laughs) Because he has no idea what it is like To put your faith in a God who will sustain you in all things what it's like to be able to face suffering with assurance and composure and perseverance and expectation he's totally bewildered by the response of the saints to every one of his schemes that we see suffering as an opportunity to grow smith wigglesworth wrote this great faith is the product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests and great triumphs can only come out of great trials. Great faith is the product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests and great triumphs can only come out of great trials you see the victory that you have in Jesus Christ now does not mean that suddenly you will not have any problems but now you choose how you will respond to them the victory is in our attitude to suffering our response to suffering not in the absence of suffering And sometimes we need to make that plain as people give their lives to Jesus. And Paul says this attitude of faith, this attitude of hope and perseverance, that's what's developing you as a son of God, as a daughter of God and brings you into a deeper and deeper maturity. And the deeper you come into Christ, the more your faith grows, the more your perseverance grows, the more your hope grows. And this hope that is growing and growing and growing will never disappoint you because God will never let you down. He says, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, character produces hope, and this hope will never disappoint us. Do you understand this, church? (laughs) <laughs> you are caught up in an endless cycle no matter what happens in your life of a deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper appreciation of God's love for you and his plans and purposes for you in Jesus Christ. It's what Paul says a little later in the chapter in verse 17. Do you actually know who you are? Do you actually know where you are? You are people reigning in life. Isn't that wonderful? How are you today? I'm reigning in life. You say to most Christians, they say something like, I'm okay under the circumstances. But actually, you're reigning in life. God loves you, and He's protecting you. Okay, so that was the third reason to rejoice. Are you rejoicing yet? Yes. Okay. Right, reason to rejoice number four. We rejoice because of the assurance that we have that we will never be rejected or abandoned by God. We will never lose our salvation. Now some places you get a sharp intake of breath at that point. Because some people believe that somehow you can lose your salvation you can lose your justification that you can be justified but somehow slip out of God's good books and never actually get to heaven never get to glory I would suggest to such people that they read Romans 5 which we've just read and have a look at verses 9 and 10 well let's read them again verses 9 and 10 so that you can have this conviction since we have been justified by his blood how much more can we say that together how much more since we have been justified by his blood how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him for if when we were God's enemies right you've established that already you were God's enemies but when you were God's enemies when we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved shall we be saved present continuous tense as in go on being saved through his life and then in my bible there's an exclamation mark there which i rather like shall we be saved how much more shall we be saved through his life shall we be it's an absolute certainty shall be saved See, what Paul's saying here is, I want you to think about this, okay? Is it conceivable that your Father God, who when you were his enemy, sent his Son to die on the cross in your place, now that you have been adopted as his child through the blood of his Son, should now reject you at some future date, now you are his child. When you are his enemy he did that, now you're his child, do you think he's going to reject you again? Does it add up? So That's why I love this picture, this word adoption, to describe being born again. When, when you were born again you were adopted as a child of God. And adoption, brothers and sisters, is very much a one-way street, did you know that? And you've adopted, as I understand it, you adopt a baby, you sign the legal papers and that baby is as much yours as any natural child, is yours legally and forever, right? You can't go back to the judge three or four years later and say, Hey, I did not know this baby was going to turn out to be so ugly, we would rather like to change this one for another. It doesn't work! The judge says, clear off! That's your son, that's your daughter. And the parable of the prodigal son is so clear, isn't it? Off he went, took his inheritance, squandered the lot, ended up in a pig pen of all places, absolutely mired in the filth. And he thinks to himself, well, I know I've blown it. I know that my father will not consider me his child. But if I crawl back on my hands and knees and plead with him, he might possibly make me one of his servants. At least i will have something to eat. Or at very least, treat me like a slave and give me something to eat. And what happens to the prodigal son? He makes his way home. What does he find? The father running towards him to embrace him as his son. Because in not one moment had ever passed when he was considered to be less than his son. What was the point that Jesus was making there? You can lose your salvation? I don't think so. Yes. Uh, Paul's saying in verse 10 listen and listen again if God sent his only son to die for you when you were his enemy just think what he'd do for you in the future now you've been adopted as his child Thank you, Jesus. anybody good at memorization in this room no not one no <laughs> do you think you remember two words yeah Two words. I want you to remember two words as you go home, and Daniel will ask you, what were the two words next week? (laughs) If he remembers. Here are the two words. Are you ready? Have been. I want you to think of yourself as a has been. I'm a has been. Daniel's a has been. You're a has been. Because all I've just preached comes down to this we all have been justified by faith it's in the past, it's happened it's something that's already taken effect it's been sealed with the Holy Spirit and sealed in the blood of Jesus you've heard of the phrase double identity? it means once a crime has been tried someone has been accused, found guilty that will not come to trial again all your sins there has been a trial Someone has been judged Someone has been found guilty someone has been punished for your sins, and it will never come up again There's nothing left for you to answer for we have been justified in the courts of heaven A verdict has been decided it has been proclaimed and that case will never be reopened again Hallelujah. Okay. Yeah. And then some people say but yeah, suppose I fail God tomorrow Suppose I really blow it tomorrow, commit some terrible sin, what then? You will still be justified and you will still be glorified because on the cross, Jesus Christ paid the price for all your sin. The sin you committed before you were saved, the sins you committed, since you were saved, and how about this, the sins you've yet to commit, but will do so. And think about this, because some people don't like... you, You can't be right, Trev, you can't be right. If I could fall tomorrow, I could do something bad and disqualify myself from glory tomorrow. Where was all your sin, past, present and future, when Jesus died on the cross? It was all in the future. And he paid the price in advance. You see, you need to know something about God, my dear friends. He is never... And we'll never be disillusioned about you. And I can say that with absolute assurance. Because God never had any illusions about you in the first place. He knew what a screw up you were. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross. Do you get it? He's never going to be distant. I never knew Trevor was going to turn out like this. After all the trouble I went to, he knew what I was like before he started. Praise God. Yes. Are you still with me, church? Yes. yes. Good, good. Okay, I'm going to finish. I don't know, I probably should have finished half an hour ago. Should I have done so? A few minutes. A few minutes. <laughs> have I got time for one more rejoicing? Go for it, okay. <laughs> If you do that wiggle again, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay I'm gonna finish with one last amazing truth about justification through faith alone and if this doesn't send you home singing I'm not coming back (laughs) see it comes at the very beginning of our passage actually turns up in verse 2 but if you're a preacher you know what I mean you save the best till last Right? You don't start off on your high points and end on your low points. You start on your low points, you end on your high points, and you send them out singing. That's the way it works. Well, it does where I come from. don't know about what happens in Trinity now. <laughs> and here it is. Look at verse 2. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God okay reason to rejoice number five we will be glorified we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God listen God hasn't simply forgiven us hasn't simply restored us he's always been committed to totally improving us until one day we reach absolute perfection so where are you going? God hasn't simply done that to leave us as we are he's committed, this is our journey in Christ loved, justified, born again, filled with the Spirit, given dignity and power and authority in this world and you will be totally glorified in the next, that is your journey Thank you. you see last February, I'm not going to find this hard to believe I had my 70th birthday, I'm 70 years young and Rachel joined me on Monday in this glorious ex- old age, but I know that my life Is full of the most fantastic anticipation of amazing things that are going to happen in the future, both in this world and in the next. You see, have you ever heard the phrase midlife crisis? Anybody in this room ever had a midlife crisis? I'm here to tell you that you're going to live forever. You have eternal life, my friends, and it's very hard to find the middle, (laughs) is it? Very hard to find the middle of eternal life, therefore no Christian will ever have a midlife crisis. You can't worry about that, because if your midlife crisis came in 20,000 years time, you still have eternity before you. No middle. No crisis. We have eternal life. Once you've been born again, no matter how old you are, or what your present circumstances, the future is always an exciting prospect. I am excited about the future. It's full of possibilities. Full of amazing things to think about, to anticipate, to wonder about. Not least of all, the fact that every one of us in this room, we are on our way to glory. Amen by which I don't mean you're on your way to heaven I mean one day you are going to be glorified as in one day we will all be glorious (laughs) I'm excited about the future because I know that one day every one of you in this room because we're going to know each other forever i'm sorry about this (laughs) we'll be chatting about this morning in you know half a million years time (laughs) but one day you see i know that every one of you in this room is going to see something absolutely amazing maddie you're going to see something absolutely amazing you are going to see trevor payne glorified I know I know I know what you're thinking can it get any better than this and the answer is yes, yes. Rachel says amen hallelujah I'm gonna be glorified and if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ so will you C.S. Lewis in the great divorce says if you could see yourself as one day you will be you will be tempted tempted right now to fall down and worship because you're gonna be glorified we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God and we have God's absolute promise this will happen Romans eight thirty: those God predestined he also called those he called he also justified those he justified he also glorified notice this in the past tense brothers and sisters because as far as God is concerned it's a done deal it's definitely going to happen might as well say it's already happened Thank you, Lord. When God broke into our lives the day He revealed Himself to us, He's working to a preordained plan already decided upon that one day you will be as glorious as Jesus Christ, His Son. Yes. See, I'll tell you a little fact about Romans 8:30. Ready for this? Romans 8:30 is good, but Romans 8:30 is preceded by Romans 8:29. And Romans 8, 29 says this For those God foreknew, he also predestined, listen to this, to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. Wow. You are predestined to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. Thank you. That was the plan. Yeah. Or as the Apostle John puts it, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, That is, has not been seen, but we do know this, when Jesus appears, we will be like him! Hallelujah. Can you believe it? Whew. There's no turning back, you see. Once you're born again, You're in this until you are totally glorified. It's a done deal. One day you're going to stand there absolutely magnificent in the presence of your God, shining and glorious in His presence. We're all on our way to having an incorruptible new body, to being morally and spiritually perfect, to being like Jesus Himself. No wonder, Paul says, (laughs) and we rejoice. Justification by faith does so much for us it's not just some theological term, it's not just something that's happened. It gives us peace with God, it's an experience. It gives us a true revelation, of the love God has for us. It gives us complete assurance that He will never let go of you. It gives us the ability to keep on rejoicing, even in the darkest situations. And it gives us absolute confidence of our total future glorification. Thank you, Lord. And you may not be aware of it, but this process has already begun you are more glorious now than you were a week ago and you will be more glorious next sunday than you are now because second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 says and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with an ever-increasing glory which comes from the lord who is the spirit just think about that. Next week, you're going to be more glorious than you are today. Keep an eye on this man. See how much more glorious he is in next <laughs> week. <laughs> Let's stand. Sorry, I lost track of time there. Don't come like Ray Lamy, I the not you. Cut that bit out of the tape. Right, okay, now. Father, we just want to say thank you. Lord, what a future lies before us what confidence we stand here with lord we rejoice that you have chosen us and made us your own sons and daughters And Lord, more than that, you've joined us together in this room as a body, as a church. And Lord God, the future for this church is glorious because you have plans and purposes for every one of us, but even greater plans and purposes for what we are together as Trinity Church. And Lord, I pray that today, this week ahead, we will not ever be bowed down by circumstances. Yes. Uh, we'll continue to live in celebration of who we are in Christ Jesus, Amen. and as Daniel's favourite phrases and all the people said Amen. Amen. amen